What's going on current students in our online community? Look, tonight we have a very special podcast. We are going to continue our series, Clarity, and we have to do it a little bit different because of the quarantine situation with COVID-19, and so we're introducing a podcast. So welcome to episode one, but tonight is very special because we have brother Victor Jackson joining us tonight on Instagram Live. This is going to be a spectacular time, and I look forward to see what he's going to say about the topic on clarity and crisis in clarity. And so, again, welcome. Thank you for joining us for our very first podcast. If you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to our Current Student Ministries page on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Current Students, um, and write in the comments what you thought about this podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and let's get to it. Jackson, what's going on? I'm in the building, bro. How are you doing, my friend? We out here, bro. We out here um, in quarantine, bro. We out here. Oh, man. You got your Starbucks? Bro, all my Starbucks. I haven't been able to start studying Starbucks in, in probably 10 to 12 days, and it's been the the first time in six years that's been able to happen to me. Oh, my. So what I've had to do is I had to get some Dunkin' Donuts coffee and put it in my little at-home Starbucks thing. There you go. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to, I'm here. That's all? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so studying from home, is that different? <laughs> Bro, I, I it, it it's it's more than different, bro. It's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you hear me well? I can hear you well. I was trying to get my AirPods in, but can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you really. Okay, good. I didn't know if my mic was covered up. Let me see. Bro, bro. been tough, bro. I've been battling, bro. I've been. It, it's just not the will of God. That's all I can say. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, good. I don't want to waste any of your time. So I'll just kind of let some people. Bro, bro, you can you, you you can let people come come on, bro. I'm, we Good here, job. bro. We here. We in the we in the building. We in the building. I'm glad you got your coffee. I don't feel it. I don't feel bad now. 
No, I know. I told my wife, I said, I, I, if I'm doing an interview with Brother Victor Jackson, I got to go grab my coffee really quick. Bro, I felt an instant connection. It's not Starbucks, though. I'm sorry. No, hey, bro, I'm on Dunkin' Donuts, bro. That's like, that's, bro, it's, I, like I said, I'm going to probably go on a fast after this quarantine because I, I, the Lord needs to forgive me. Yeah. Drinking this Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, good deal. Well, I'm going to just do a little introduction really quick and then um, go into what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, everyone that's joining us, thank you for joining in. Uh, current students, what's up? Good to see y'all. And I don't think Brother Victor Jackson really needs an introduction because we all know him. Spoke at NAYC, General Conference, a traveling evangelist, based out of Souls Harbor, FPC, right, in Bellevue, Florida, and has been an evangelist for, what is it, nine years now or ten uh man, I've been evangelizing now for uh nine years, but seven years full time, seven and a half years full time. Oh man, that's awesome! And overall, brother Victor Jackson is an incredible man, and I'm blessed to call him a friend. And uh, thank you for your knowledge and your anointing and your Instagram page. Oh, the quotes that we get from that. Absolutely incredible. But look, we're, we're in this series called Clarity. Uh, current students, uh, we're in this series called Clarity. And what's amazing to me right now that we're in this series called Clarity and there's not, it's kind of uncertainty right now. It's not, nothing's very clear right now. And so tonight was simply going to be called Clarity in Crisis. Clarity in Crisis. And Brother Jackson, this series was built on the thought or the premise or the concern that some students, especially hyphen students, might find themselves graduating high school feeling that they might have a call to ministry or maybe they just want to go to the secular world and help the church in a different way. But And they feel like they're stuck in this season that they don't really know uh, what their future holds. You know, they don't they, they have a vision, but they also don't have a vision and they think they want to do one thing. But being a hyphen student can sometimes be kind of find yourself in a season of uncertainty and not really having a clear idea for your future. And so this is what the series was about. It was like students, if they want to be a missionary, do they want to be a doctor? Do they want to be a preacher, a worship leader? Or do they, um, again, want to be in the secular world and have a job and help the church and find ministries in a different way? Um, and finding their life and still having their focus on Jesus during a season of uncertainty. And so the first question that I might have for you is, was there ever a time in your life, um, and I kind of know your testimony, so uh, I think there was a time in your life where you felt like your life was heading into one direction, and you think you kind of had your life played out, but then God kind of stepped in and, and your life went a different direction, and how was that season for you during that time? Oh man, first off, I got to say what a privilege it is to be on this live with you guys. Uh, man, I'm excited to be a part. Appreciate so much for the Golden and his wife and family and what they mean to the body of Christ, the Louisiana district. And uh, you guys got an amazing youth pastor, an amazing leader. And so I've got to give honor to him. Awesome. And I saw Thank Brother you. Lamy Diaz just asked the question. Has anyone ever seen Brother Jackson in jeans? You're funny, bro. I don't own a pair of jeans. That's I'll answer that question right there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, a time of where I wasn't sure, 
uh, of what God was wanting to do. What I what I realize is when you're in moments where you're not sure, or you're conflicted, or uh, you are being pulled, not sure on how to handle things. All you can do is what you know to do. Uh, all you can do is do the steps of prayer, Bible reading, faithfulness to church, faithfulness to youth service, getting involved. And I have found, and when I do what I know to do, somehow the answer is laden in that commitment. Yeah. And so what's interesting is that whenever um, God called me to the ministry at that youth congress, a lot of people don't know this story. Oh, this is the lie. This is special information right here, y'all. Um, after that calling, oh, and I just heard my headphones are, are about to go out. Don't you hate when that happens? Yep. Oh, that, 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 that was my cool look, man. Now I'm about to just look normal. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so, and so what, what I realized was, um, I came back from that youth Congress after God called me to the ministry and I was already in the habit of teaching a lot of Bible studies, trying to help. Uh, I don't believe I was uh, some great teacher. I believe I was very simple, just love people, just try to help as much as I can. Uh, but I remember after God called me to ministry. Uh-oh, your headphones went out. Your, your headphones. Yeah, they died. I was going to say, you cut out when you are talking. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, man. Now, now has my anointing left? No, sir. It's still there. It's actually better. The distractions are gone. <laughs> uh, so, so what? What I did as I was te- as I was teaching these Bible studies and just doing what I knew to do. I knew God called me, but I wasn't sure if I was gonna be uh, preaching ten years from now, fifteen years after I retired from playing basketball. I wasn't sure if it was off twenty years. But I was just doing what I knew to do. And I was teaching a Bible study, Brother Golden, and this is where everything changed for me. And I was teaching a Bible study, and there was this girl named Laura. Uh, About 20 people in this Bible study, but after I got done teaching this Bible study, they were trying to pray this girl, Laura, through to the Holy Ghost. And, bro, I'm telling you, if there was anybody that ever didn't want the Holy Ghost. It was Laura. While they were praying with Laura, she was like this, like. Oh. And she had the one eye. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, this isn't working. She doesn't want the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, for the first time in my life, I heard God speak to me. I heard the audible <laughs> voice of God. And it said everything that she was going through everything that she was dealing with. And this is my first time meeting her. So the first time you're hearing God, you're pacing back and forth. Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? Is this me? I'm not sure. What should I do? So I saw that their prayers weren't helping. Yeah. And so I just went over to her and I told her what God said for the golden. She broke down crying. She started speaking in tongues. We baptized her in Jesus' name in the pool 
All right, right outside of that house. Okay. So I was excited, okay? Yeah. I was like, man, God spoke to me. Man. I was like, God used me. That yeah. was on Friday. Saturday, I had to go play at a college showcase, okay? And a bunch of Division One university coaches were there, and they came to watch me, and they came to talk to me. I was like, oh, my word. God used me, and all these top coaches are wanting me to come transfer to their school. Yeah. That was Saturday. Well, Sunday came. And, Brother Golden, here's I said all that to say this. When Sunday came, I was praying for some, these basketball players in the altar, and I heard that same audible voice. And it said, Victor, give up basketball. You're done. Wow. Now, here's the thing, Brother Golden. I could not question the voice. Right. Because it was confirmed to me while doing what I knew to do. Wow. So, so when you do what you know to do, it God trains you to hear his voice. Yeah. And to hear what to do next so you can't doubt it later. Even when I wanted to doubt it because it hurt, I was like, yeah. no, no, no. God kept saying, don't even, don't even question it, Victor. You're done. You're done. And I learned how to hear the voice of God by just doing what I knew to do. And that paved the way for the rest of my life. And so God will speak to you in those moments where you just be faithful. You just show up to church. It's not a supernatural thing, but at any moment, the supernatural can step in in that faithfulness. Yeah, seeking, praying, doing what you can do, yeah. and being consistent and faithful. And that's like in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says that where there is no vision, the people perish. But and it's important to have vision for your life. But before you have vision, you have to be committed. You have to be yeah. committed and faithful before the vision. And that goes right along what you're saying. That's wow. That's incredible. And and, and what what God does is when He gives a vision. He is asking you to take steps toward the vision. Wow. But where, where one translation of that, of that scripture says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. <laughs> see, see, when there's not a vision, there's no room for discipline. Yeah. When there's not a vision, there's nothing to aim toward. Yeah. So what God has to do for us is he has to give us a vision to provoke us to pursue. Yes. Listen, and some people don't want to pursue because they're not perfect. Some people don't want to pursue because they have a bad history. Some yes. people don't want to pursue because they see everything wrong with them. God's not asking you to fix yourself. He's just saying, pursue the vision, listen, and in the process, I will sanctify you in your pursuit of the vision. Yeah, amen. That's what he did with me, bro. I was a wreck when I got called. I was, bro, I was messed up. But he was like, let me give this boy a vision to go after. <laughs> Come on, bro. That's awesome. And when he gave me the vision, I just started walking with all my baggage, with all my struggles, with all my failures, with all my history. And in the process of me going after the vision, like you mentioned, all of a sudden, he began to shed things off of me and conform me into who he wanted me to be. Wow. Hey. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Wow. So, and tonight was 
um, just kind of going to the next topic is clarity in crisis. And so what's amazing to me, like I said earlier, is that we're in this season that we're in right now. The church is in. This is a season that I don't think we've ever seen. Um, and and we're in a season of things that are unclear, uncertainty. And so clarity in a crisis. And so my question might be is, what are some things that we should learn about this crisis right now? What a great question. Man, you're good. <laughs> you're good, man. Hey, I'm good. That's good, bro. That's a great question. Bro, I've got to tell you what I told the body this past weekend. And that is this. I said, I want to talk about that word corona. Not in viral terms, but in astronomical terms. Wow. Because the sun has seven layers. And the most, one of the most outer layers of the sun is called the corona. And this outer layer of the sun, the corona, is hotter than the surface of the sun. Listen, and the corona can only be seen with the naked eye if there is a total solar eclipse. So the corona is only revealed if there is complete darkness. The corona is a Latin word which means crown. The crown can only be revealed if there is complete and total darkness. What's happening in this time is the king is about to be revealed in a way that he has never been revealed before. Amen. And it has to happen only when there is complete and total darkness. Darkness pushes people, listen, to get a glimpse of the sun, S-O-N, in, in a way they've never seen before. They're about to get a glimpse of the king like we have never seen before. Amen. The crown only glows when there's complete <laughs> and total darkness. We cannot see it unless it's this way. So what God is doing with his body right now is that we are being forced to believe in the songs that we sing. Jeez. See, you see, it's become abstract. Break every chain. It's become abstract. Waymaker, miracle worker. Oh, it sounds good on paper. And yeah. It sounds good without, with a beat. But we are forced into a situation where we have to believe what we are saying. Yeah. I have no choice to, to, but to believe that God can break every chain. I have no choice but to believe that God can make a way. And it's not just some incredible voice or, or poem or poetic thing that I'm singing. I have to believe because the darkness has pushed me to see a side of the sun I've never seen before. Wow. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm in trouble. Hey, I'm in trouble. Let me share this because the Lord just brought this to my mind. Yes, sir. When I taught in childhood development services, which was six-month-olds to six-year-olds, I taught in that area. One of the things that we always tried to watch in a child's development was most ch children at the age of four, four to six can recite their ABCs, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. They all know the song, 
but that's not the growth we're looking for. It's not enough for you to know the song. Now the next stage of growth is, young child, identify to us which one is A, which one is B, yeah. which one is C. I know you can recite the song. You know all the letters by song, but I want to know if you know it in your spirit. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do you know the letter A? Do yeah. you know the letter B? Can you yes, draw it? Can you, can you, what, what, the, what, what, what words start with the letter A? What words start with the letter B? You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, see, so the body has been forced to not just sing the songs of chains fall, fear bow. I'm not afraid. Yeah. Now we are, are coming into a personal realization and experience where we have no choice to believe what we are saying. So, so, so what, what we're doing is we're growing through personal experience. And I know that there are people on this live and people in your youth group that want to have a stronger desire to pray, a stronger desire to know the word, a right. stronger desire to have those spiritual discipline because it's in the darkness that you get a yearning to see the crown in a way you haven't seen before. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. I'm, I just threw my notes away. Um, hey! Wow. Wow. The Holy Ghost is here, bro. Yes, it is. I, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something in those young people in Bossier City. Yes, sir. They're, they're about to pray in a way they've never prayed before. When y'all gather back together, you're, there's going to be tongues and interpretation that breaks forth in some of those services. I'm telling you, young people, after this this year, young people yes, in your group are going to be praying and laying hands on other other young people, going to pray them through to the Holy Ghost. God is using this time to stir up some gifts that have been buried because they didn't feel like they were needed. God has given a realization to these young people that you are needed, you are gifted, and yes, you sir. are exactly what God is looking yes, for. Sir. And it's time to come out of the shadows and yes, be sir. a representative of the crown. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. And I was just going over some notes today and thinking about this topic and and um not even I can't even really add on to what you just said, but but um add on, bro. Come I on, think, let's do this. I, I think it's very important during this time for students to not get distracted but to keep their eyes on Jesus. You know, Peter walking on water, if he'd have kept his eyes on Jesus and didn't look at the distraction, he would have been fine. But sometimes during this season, we can get so distracted of what the world is saying to us that our eyes get off Jesus. But I think more than important than anything right now is just to stay focused during this crisis. The clarity in crisis right now is just to keep your eyes on Jesus and look at the miracle he's about to perform. Um, exactly right. You tweeted out recently or put on Instagram, don't let quarantine and boredom push you back into a toxic relationship. Ooh. Your long-term mental and spiritual health is more valuable than having a distraction in a bored season. Jesus and your family are relationships worth investing into. What are some things that you can keep focused that we can keep focusing on at this time as a student that is 
that is living this quarantine life, not their distractions should be gone by the wayside because you're just sitting at home, but they're probably bored and distractions can come your way. But uh, we got to stay focused during this time and, and prepare ourselves for the crown that is coming. That's right. You know, I'm going to put up another uh, Instagram uh, post soon on this, but this has just been brewing in my spirit. Um, I believe that sin is manifested from two places. Number one, from temptation. Number two, from boredom. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, and so what's, ha- what's happening is that if we're not focused on Jesus it's going certain. after him, it's going to leave room for the enemy. Um, I think about when that person, that the devil was cast out of this person. And the Bible says that that spirit comes back to the house to enter in. But he finds it swept clean. Yeah. So that spirit goes back to find seven more spirits more wicked than him. And he comes back to that house and he, the last state of that man is worse than the first. Yeah. What am I saying? It's not enough to have a clean temple. Yeah. It's not enough to have an empty temple. You have to learn, listen, to replace the habit. Meaning, you got to start filling that temple with godly things so when the enemy tries to come back, there's no room for him to get in. Right. That's why the Bible says it, that let the thief that stole steal no more. Watch this. But let him labor with his hands. Listen and give. See, it's not enough for a thief to stop stealing. The habit of stealing must be replaced with the habit of labor. Yes, sir. And not only was he labor, he has to replace the habit of taking with the habit of giving. That's how he stops being a thief. And so in this time, we have to start getting some godly habits. Come on. Yeah, and, and godly relationships, godly friendships, godly things to do, because it's not enough to just not do it, because boredom will push you back to some of those things you were delivered from. That's right. So you have to, when they went to the marketplace and saw these men weren't working, they said, why stand you idle? Look what they said. No man hath hired us. Meaning, We don't have anything to do. And an idle mind tempts the devil. So so in order for the mind not to be idle, it's not enough to be on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media. We have to start giving ourselves to some things that have purpose. And it's going to keep us busy for the kingdom doing the will of the Father. So we have to replace the habit. And so the temptation now is just to do something. Some people are going entertaining ungodly things. 
But what I'm asking too is replace the habit, reach out to some people that are lost, uh, share the gospel, share the good news, encourage somebody, get involved, uh, share share uh, things from the church, make sure you're watching all the lives that your pastor's doing, uh, that all the, you know, get the word of God in you. This is the time to take it in, get on a yes. Bible plan, just start replacing some habits and we're going to see clarity come to us in the midst of all this and we're going to come out better than we went in and i in, and, and i'm sorry i'll end this part of the question with that i'm sorry i'm rambling you just got no. excited bro this is what this is about hey i've been locked up in quarantine bro i got i gotta get this off my chest man watch this anytime there is a natural disaster that is always coincided with a call from god the first natural disaster in the Bible hey, that is recorded was a famine right after Abraham was called. Wow. It's the same chapter Abraham was called was the same chapter that the famine happened, the first famine happened. And the Bible says that after the famine, that Abraham came out of the famine with great riches. I've got a word that after this crisis, after this, there are young people that are going to come out with great riches. They're going to come out with fresh anointing, Amen. fresh boldness, fresh power. They're going to come out of this better than they went in. And, yeah. and also another natural disaster, Joseph. Joseph was in prison. And the fear of a natural disaster called them, caused them to go get him out of prison. They went to get him out of the prison. He was the only one that could interpret the dream. When he interpreted the dream, they said it's going to be a seven-year natural disaster, a seven-year famine. And they looked at him and said, there's nobody with this type of wisdom that's, that walks with God this way. Let's put him second in command the Pharaoh. It was the fear of the natural disaster that brought the chosen out of hiding. Oh, Lord. The fear of a natural disaster highlighted who God was using. Wow. And brought them to the forefront. Yeah. And you know what they named Joseph in the middle of that natural disaster? They said, they named him Zephnath-Paneah, which literally means God hears and God speaks. In this natural disaster, they're going to find out that God is still listening and that God is still speaking through us. Yeah. Wow. And what's crazy right now is that all of our distractions to our purpose should be on pause and should be gone, right? We actually we actually have time right now to sit and think and get our eyes refocused back on Jesus. And so that's what I'm hoping students are doing right now is like saying, we've been going through this life and like almost in like this ritual state, just going back and forth, going back and forth. And all of a sudden it's like God put a break on that and is reverting us back to the first church saying, no, we need to go back to our homes. We, we need to think, we need to stop and think and prepare ourselves. It's an amazing time that we're in right now. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you what, bro. I uh, Years ago, I downloaded this app called Moment. Yeah. And, and this app monitors how much time you spend on your phone. 
Now, I'm very, I'm very, you know, strategic and structured with my uh, devotion to the Lord. But I was amazed at how many hours I spent on my phone that first day. Yeah. Eight hours, bro. Eight hours. By the Man. end of the week, I spent 40 hours. That's a full-time job looking at my screen, man. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that when distractions are eliminated outwardly, we need to have this time to start developing some things in our in ourself. Right. In, our, in ourself. That doesn't mean more time on the screen, just watching videos and doing all of that. We could come up with some regimented structures to get into our devotion life. What God is showing us is that the excuse that I don't have time to pray, don't have time to study. God's showing you, hey, with this quarantine, you got more time than you realize. Exactly. Bro, it's been feeling like 48-hour days, bro. I mean, yeah. these days long. <laughs> it is it's still Thursday, man. Yeah, I know. It's, it's <laughs> it feels insane. like Saturday, bro. I'm like. What am I doing with my life? It's like, man, I might as well pray. I might as well read the Bible. I might as well, you know, I've got nothing else to do. Right. Yeah. So use this time wisely and develop good habits. Yeah. So um, I got a couple more things, but before I do, I was going to, I don't know if any students have any questions that they want to ask. Um, I was going to open it up real quick. Uh, if anybody has any questions, go ahead and type it in there. But uh, while we're waiting on a question, um, you you preached this sermon uh, called Declaration in the Storm. Declaration in the Storm. And I, I watched it today, actually. And you talked about the Revolutionary War. And um, you said, basically, you used the illustration that basically that was such an important time in our history. Um, but not a lot of people know the actual date when it ended. But we all know, we all know right now the day uh, when the Declaration of Independence happened. And you made this brilliant point, and I just want people to hear it. There is something powerful about making a declaration when you are going through your toughest time. Mm. There is something powerful about making a declaration when you are going through your toughest time. So the battle that we're in right now... The, the circumstances that we're in right now, it would be very important for students to not overlook and to stop what they're doing and make a de declaration to God, even since even the war's not over. The war's not over, but we're going to make a declaration that when, the, when we come out of this, the wow. church is going to be stronger than ever before. Revival's going to break loose, and I think it's very important for us to understand the time that we're in right now. Is that it, uh, we are, we're in a war right now? We're 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 but we need to have a declaration of independence right now within our spirit. Wow, that is so true, bro. I mean, what a great time! And I and I never thought of it like that in this context. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that to light because I feel like that's a timely word that you're saying. Is that while we're in the middle of it, we just need to start declaring some things, man. Yeah. That's a word, bro. My God. I mean, I want to hear more, bro. Keep preaching to me. No, no. That Hey, that was your sermon. I, I, I stole your sermon. No, nah, bro. You got to preach that, man, because that's encouraging. <laughs> and I, that, I preach that in a, in a very general way. 
but I right. feel like the where you're bringing it is very timely. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like you would really encourage a lot of people, you know, by admonishing that them that to make some declarations while we're in the middle of it, bro. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the truth, man. I, I receive that in my spirit because. You got to make some declaration that we're not going to be the same after this. It's just not going to be the same. Right. Right. I see some questions. I'm trying to find one. What are what are ways you can stay rooted into constant prayer and how to break into fasting without just giving up the third day? What are good ways to build good habits, I guess, is what they're asking. Fasting habits, Bible reading habits. Uh, definitely, uh, I would get on a, um, uh, I would definitely get on a version Bible plan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because that keeps you on track. And if you lose track, um, there's a catch me up thing where it keeps you on track. There's seven day Bible plans, 14 day Bible plans, 30 day Bible plans, uh, of a certain book in the Bible year Bible plans, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, recommend you getting on a year Bible plan. Uh, for those of you just starting out, I would say do like a book, like a book in the New Testament, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And it's like Matthew, book of Matthew, finish it in 14 days or finish it in seven days. Well, that way you can complete it. And when you do, you get the, that satisfaction of completing something. Uh, the problem with the year-long plan is that it takes a long time before you get that satisfaction of completing something. Right. You know what I mean? And so uh, the thing about a version Bible plan is that it's not, it's totally removed from your emotions, meaning the way you read the Bible should not be you just sitting down and opening your Bible in the middle and then reading the chapter that day. You know, you shouldn't lead, uh, lead it, let it be random. Uh, you should have a book in the Bible or a part of the Bible or a theme in the Bible that you are aiming towards um, um, every day. And it's okay to fail. Don't beat yourself up. You get back up, you try again. Brother Jackson, he misses days. He he has to hit the catch me up plan, you know, a, a, a lot, you know, uh, because sometimes you miss it, but that's a part of growing. And so when it comes to prayer, um, if you can try to do it at a certain time of the day, I know our schedules are messed up right now, but sometimes people pray better when they're at the church or pray better when they're out of the house. You know, just because you're not able to pray at home doesn't mean you don't have a prayer life. You know, it just means that you're just trying to find the right rhythm, right. You know, the right thing that works for you, you know. And so for, for me, I like praying at the church, right? Uh, I like praying at the church. Uh, I like studying at Starbucks, you know, and that's tough for me to do at home. So it takes months and, and sometimes years to really find your habit that works best for you. So don't beat yourself up when it comes to fasting. Uh, you know, if this is your first time fasting, you probably shouldn't aim for a 40 day fast. You know, <laughs> if it's your first time fasting, you probably shouldn't aim for a 21 day fast. Uh, I think you should do things incrementally. Uh, maybe go three days where you don't eat until six o'clock at night, you know, and then do uh, after that, do one day, uh, one full day of fasting. And then, and then 
uh, as you do get used to that over a period of time, try a three-day fast. But it's okay, you know, um, um, it's it's okay to fail because you're growing in the middle of it, you know? You just yeah. find what works better uh, for you. Uh, but I hope that kind of answers the question. I could say more about that, but I don't know if there's been any more questions. Uh, let me know if you want me to go deeper or if there's another question ready. Um, there was one that said, how do we stay focused during the storm? Um, staying focused during the storm, um, it's, you know, the storm reveals our priorities. And, um, and in every storm, the priority has to be about drawing close to God and our relationship with God. And that should always be the priority. But it's like Brother Golden said about, um, about having a vision. Uh, you have to protect that vision. I've realized that if my vision is affected, that, um, that my habits are affected. Right. Yes that my energy is affected, you know? It's like you don't really have the, the want to, to do something if the vision has been tainted, you know? So you have to identify things that are detractors or distractions uh, in the storm that would take you away uh, from the Lord, from your calling, and try to eliminate that. And it's like I said, as the distractions decrease, devotion increases. Yeah. The, how I discovered to study at Starbucks was I would try to study in my office and and I would open up the fridge 10 times for no reason. It's like I'm just getting distracted. And 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 I realized that that uh, I don't study well, you know, in my and my pajamas, yeah. you know, I, you know what I mean? Those little things were distractions. And when I go to study at Starbucks, I leave my phone most times in the car Wow! because I realize that if I have my phone next to me while I'm studying, I'm going to get distracted. Right. And I realize that when I eliminate the distractions, that my devotion goes to another level. And there's times that I've studied and I hadn't had my phone by me. And then I finally go get my phone and two to three hours have passed. And I didn't even realize it because I wasn't, I eliminated a distraction. And so in the storm, identify your distractions and try your best to limit or eliminate them. And you're going to see your focus increase, your awareness increase, your intensity, your vision increase, and uh, your, your devotion increase. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I saw any um, questions. I think that you kind of already answered. Someone asked, do you pray early in the mornings? Um, um, the great question. Um, you know, I, uh, I, uh, it, it varies. You know, I, I, I went through a time where I was waking up at 530 in the morning to pray. And, uh, and, but my evangelist schedule, sometimes I have flights at 5 a.m. Right. You know, sometimes... You know, I got to get up at 3 a.m. to go to, to the airport, get up at 2.30 in the morning to go to the airport. So as an evangelist, my, my schedule is very chaotic. So now the best thing for me is sometimes it's early in the morning uh, or sometimes it's uh, an hour or two uh, before a church service. 
uh, and and sometimes it's you know it, it it just varies. It's just I got to find a landmark in my day and just do it before that landmark, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, but I feel like things flow in seasons. Uh, but if it was up to me, I would pray every morning uh, at five thirty a.m. Uh, but what and that's how I started leaving my house. I realized when I tried to wake up at five thirty and I go to my office, I'm in my PJs, bro. I'm just falling asleep. My face is like in the Bible, knocked out, bro. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, bro, I got to get dressed and get out of my house, you know, at five thirty in the morning. So that's where it all started for me. Uh, but just different changes in schedule. I would say, don't condemn yourself. Don't don't allow guilt and condemnation to be over you because it's going to work in reverse. That's not going to help you. There's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, and it's going to make you move backwards rather than move forward. You have to. If you mess up, you got to be like, I'm gonna try again. I'm right. gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again. You know, I want to wake up early and. It's not working me having my alarm next to me because I put it on snooze. So I got to put it on the other side of the room. I got to put it in a different place in the house. Let it be loud so I got to get up. You know, you got to find things that work for you, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, finding your own routine because some things yeah. might work for you that don't really work for me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the truth there, too. Uh, I think I saw one more. Uh, what... Uh, what would be a good time to study, and is it good to keep things in secret, like reading and doing God work? I guess, in other words, is it is it good to keep that in secret, your study time? Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I believe every devotion has to be um, has to be between you and the Lord. Um, the only time anything uh, revealed about devotion should be to help or encourage somebody else. It should never be uh, self-gratifying. Because the thing about it is that we can only pray, study, fast, not because of our human will, but we can only do that because of the grace of our Lord, because he gives us the opportunity to do those things. So no one can ever glory in their prayer life, study, fasting, 40 days, no one could ever brag because it's only grace that allows you to do that. Right. Uh, and I could go deeper. I could go deeper in that as well. So, um, so yeah, as between you and the Lord, but if it helps somebody, if somebody needs some help on how to get started and things like that, man, share it. You know, uh, I don't think anyone should brag about their time with the Lord uh, because, you know, we're got this treasure in earth and vessels. Uh, but at the same time, if, if something's going to help somebody, you know, we have to be willing to share it. Right. And, uh, I got one, they got one more question. We're going to end it on this and then we'll end it in prayer. Um, and this kind of ties it back into clarity. Um, how do you handle seasons when it feels like God is silent? Oh Lord. Ah, why, why y'all trying to get me to preach on here? Come on. That's what you're on here for. We want to hear it. Why y'all trying? Who do y'all think I am, man? Y'all trying to make me preach all the time. <sighs> Help me, Holy Ghost. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We're ready. How do you handle the silent seasons and what you do when God's silent? Oh Lord. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm holding back, y'all. I'm holding back because I'm about to shout. Don't hold back. I'm, I'm buckled up. Go ahead. Okay. 
Um, first things first is that if God is ever going to use anybody, there must be a period of silence. There must be a wilderness. Yes, sir. There must be loneliness because God in there, in that spot is prepping you to be what he wants you to be. Amen. Notice that no one, you don't hear the voice from heaven over Jesus' life until after 30 years of nothing happening. Exactly. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it with me. The preparation. 30 years of silence. Yet, yet the father speaks over him at 30 years after he's baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hold on. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't die for anybody yet. He didn't heal anybody yet. He didn't open any blind eyes yet. Yet the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Why? Because my pleasure in him is not determined by his performance. It's determined by his relationship. And, and 30 years of silence, his relationship. Come on, Holy Ghost. All we know about those 30 years is that he grew. Yeah. In wisdom and favor with the Lord. Um, silence. So, so think about this with me. After the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son who I will please. Next verse says, immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Now, now that's amazing that when God is pleased with somebody, he pushes them into the wilderness. Wow. So, so your silence and your loneliness doesn't mean God is mad at you. Yeah. It means he is pleased with you. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong track. It means you're on the right track. Because it's only the chosen that enter into that place. The multitudes do not come there. Come on, Holy Ghost. He, 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 the godly, he sets apart unto himself. So, so, so when he's silent, it means that he is trying to impart something into you in that moment. He told the Israelites, I brought you into the wilderness to try you, to prove you, to see what was in your heart, if you would obey my commandments or no, and to do you good at your latter end. Anyway, I brought you into the silence, into the wilderness, into the frustration, into the loneliness, to do you good at yeah. your latter end. But it's in the silence that God tests our integrity. He wants to see, will we still remain true to our commitments, even when we don't feel them or hear him. And it's in that room where Satan operates and tries to bring temptations and everything uh, like that and to try to deter you, to try to throw you off track. Notice that it's only when the, in the wilderness that all of a sudden you get tempted with relationships that aren't godly. Boy, I'm preaching now. Y'all going to throw, throw me out of here. Y'all no, going to throw me out of my own house. No, yeah. sir. Um, notice that, that there are people that, that you have a crush on that never talk to you. Watch this. 
not even interested in you. But the minute God brings you into the wilderness to get you saturated with him, all of a sudden your crush takes notice of you. Yep. To distract you, oh Lord, from what God has intended you to do. You know what? You know the only time some people pray through is when they're single. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all mad at me now. You see, you see, it sometimes God, God sees, see, when people go through a breakup, they're the first one at the altar. That's right. <laughs> When they, when they, <laughs> they <laughs> hey, hey, they're the first one at the altar when they go through a breakup. Yeah. And I was like, I see, I have to keep them broken to keep them close to me. Oh. Because some people, as soon as they get in a relationship, God goes out the window. Right. So he brings us to the wilderness to try us to see, will you hold on to your integrity? Wow. Or will you allow, you see, what? look what Satan does in the wilderness. And I'm preaching to somebody right now. Yeah, come on. Look what Satan does in the wilderness. In the wilderness is like, this is, this is the promised land, and this is you in the wilderness. Yep. You're on the way to the promised land, but right before the promised land, Satan puts a temptation Right before the promised land. Right. And you know what? It's always the same temptation. Yeah. It's never different. And guess what happens? If you fall into that temptation and you don't hold to your integrity when no one's watching you, what happens is you take a lap. If you fall into that temptation, take a lap. God says, now let's try this again. Wow. See, no one's watching. So no one even knows that you're slipping up. Yeah. But God says, I can't trust you in the promise until you learn to hold on to your integrity when no one's watching. Yes, sir. But he always puts the same temptation. Come on, Holy Ghost. If it's pornography, he'll put it right there. Yes, if sir. If it's a bad relationship, he'll put it right there. Yes, sir. If whatever it is, he'll put it right there. And if you fall into it, you got to take another lap in the wilderness where they circled in the wilderness for 40 years and people died there. Hey, I don't want to live in a cycle. I want to possess the land. So I'm going to hold on to my integrity when no one's watching and I'm going to lay claim to what God has for me. Wow. See, I told this about Job, about how Job's life, Job's life, God, Satan wasn't after Job's stuff. He was after Job's integrity. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> notice that after he took his stuff, first thing God said, look what you did to him. And look, he still holds to his integrity. The most valuable thing we have in a storm is our integrity. And that's what Satan wants most. Yes, sir. Come on, Holy Ghost. But if you can hold on to your integrity, even when family says, curse God and die. Wow. God says, you pass the test and you're ready to go to another level. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Hope that helps. <laughs> yes, it helps. Yes, it helps. There's so much I could say we could say about the wilderness. But Instagram Live will shut us off after an hour, and we're about six minutes from that hour mark. 
So before we end, can you just pray over whoever is watching, pray over the circumstances that we're in, and uh, believing that revival is about to come? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for everyone that's on this live. God, I ask you right now in the midst of this pandemic across our world that you draw us closer to you, that we see the crown glow in a way that we've never seen it glow. Let it glow in our lives. Let us be representatives of it, God. Lord, if we're if I'm talking to someone in the wilderness right now, God, I ask you to saturate them with your presence. Let them hold on to their integrity. Let them get away from every toxic voice that would try to hinder the purpose and the plan of God. God, I ask that every person on this life would come out of this season with great riches. I speak the blessing over them. I speak the anointing over them. God, let them come out with great power and great authority. Let them come out with boldness. Let them come out not afraid to be Pentecostal, not afraid to be apostolic, not afraid to operate in the power of God. Oh God, I pray that you would sanctify us. God, that you would take out anything in us that would keep us from being what you've called us to be. Anoint us with your power. Anoint us with your glory. Take us to deeper heights like never before. And we make a commitment and a declaration that we will hold on to what you've spoken into our bosom and that we shall not fail. Oh God, I feel your word on us right now that we shall not be destroyed, that we shall not fail, that we shall not falter. God, take away every fear of failure. Take away the fear of success. And God, give us the boldness to be what you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Wow. In Jesus' name. Brother Jackson, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for your time. We love you so much. Bozier City loves you, and I know everyone that joined in loves and appreciates you and your anointing so much. Thank you. Bro, I love you. Thanks for allowing me. You are amazing. Remember that everybody on this live, hear me, Brother Golden and his family are amazing. And you guys are blessed to have him as a youth leader, blessed to have him as a youth pastor. What an example he is. And I just thank you for the opportunity uh, to speak to these incredible uh, young people. And uh, see you again soon. We're going to ball it up, bro. We're going to ball it up again next time. Yes, sir. Love you so much. See ya. All right. Love you. Bye. Hey everyone, we just ended our podcast with Brother Victor Jackson and wow, what a word he brought to us and it was just an amazing time to be with Brother Victor Jackson. Look, if you liked this video, comment, give us a thumbs up and be sure to hit that subscribe button because in the future we plan on having more podcasts coming to our YouTube channel. Thank you again for joining us tonight. We love y'all and until next time, remember this. God loves you.